exclusive podcast from Impact 89 FM. UDBM East Lansing. Bringing you sports from NBA to NHL to NFL and more. But more importantly, bringing you the full rundown on MSU Spartan Sports. We cover it all. Get us on the phone at 432-3893. And now, the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Welcome in, welcome in. It is Monday night, it is 7 o'clock. That can only mean one thing, the Spartan Sports Wrap kicking it off right here on Impact 89 FM. Thanks for tuning in wherever you are. Hope your day has been well and hope you're just relaxing and taking in the Spartan Sports Wrap. Joined by a special guest tonight. I'll get to him in a minute, but back, the regular main man to my left this week, Ray Morrow. What is going on, Ray? Nothing much. Great weekend. Got to see the you know, Lions game and uh, with the state game. That's an that's a outstanding compounded weekend, a, a victory on Saturday. You head down to Detroit, get to see the Lions win. And we'll talk about your experience there. You said it was just outstanding. Yeah, so great atmosphere. We'll talk about that in a minute. Brigitte, as always, back. This is year two. What is going on? Not too much. Good weekend. Great sports. Outstanding. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap in a minute. But, hey, he was on this summer. <laughs> he, was, he pinched it in the summer. If, if you're a regular listener to the show, uh, his name's Steve Minch. He plays for Michigan State Hockey. National champ in the house tonight. What's going on, brother? Nothing at all. I appreciate you having me back. It's good that you're coming back. We always appreciate the, the athlete's perspective on the show tonight. So thank you for tuning in. Also, Showroom Shine Car Wash on Grand River. Apparently, those guys who work there listen to the show. Can't endorse it. I can't tell you to go get your car wash there, but I will say thanks to those guys for tuning in. Showroom Shine Car Wash on Grand River. I think that's by Gumby's or something over there where Grand River and Michigan yeah, it's split. Yeah, right across the street from Gumby's. Outstanding. On the side of Grand River. That, I'm, I'm thrilled that that's my parents plus those guys, seven people listen to the show now. But, hey, wherever you are, thanks for listening. Don't forget, if you're out of the listening area, it's about 30 miles in each direction. Uh, Impact89FM.com. We have a live stream on our website. It's amazing technology anywhere in the world with an internet connection you can listen to us you miss our show hit the podcast up impact89fm.com simply click the podcast symbol and the sports rap archives will pop up there listen to over a year's worth of shows and descriptions you can pick what you want to listen to it's outstanding but that is enough selling us how about the lions 2-0 and michigan state 3-0 who would have thought the Lions and the Spartans undefeated, a combined five and zero. Ray, that atmosphere great yesterday at Ford yeah, Field. Ford Field was bumping. I guess the chant of the day was two and zero Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean, I think they went over the edge on that one, but uh, it was it was a great game. I mean, we won in overtime. Kitten, uh, Kitten was knocked out in the second quarter. Came back in the fourth quarter. You know, led us in overtime to, for victory. I was thrilled to see. I actually watched a bit of that. I was over at a little dinner party and saw the end of the game. I'm not. I'm not necessarily the biggest. The biggest NFL fan. Uh, but quick notes: Lions obviously two and zero. Quick notes: Former Michigan State basketball players Allen Anderson leaves the NBA. He signs in Italy uh, for two years. First year a guaranteed contract. Second year at his option. So Allen Anderson will play in Italy for the next year, maybe two. And Charlie Bell does not want to play for the Milwaukee Bucks. He will possibly be playing for the Miami Heat. He signed an offer sheet today. Bell is a restricted free agent, which means that Milwaukee has the option to match Miami's offer, and that would make Charlie Bell go back to Milwaukee, but I doubt that Charlie Bell will be playing in the state of Wisconsin this year. But more importantly, thanks for joining us. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap on every Monday night, 7 to 8 p.m. Talking about the NFL. I just don't get it. It's, it's just... The premier, quote, the premier league, the breadwinner league, the number one sports league in 
in the United States. We know soccer worldwide is just amazing. But I don't. I just don't get into it. Is is, that, is the NFL your favorite sport to to go to to watch on TV? I mean, it's definitely the most prized, maybe the most popular. I mean, I I, I would choose college football over uh, NFL, but uh, I think uh, fantasy football has a lot to do with my. Uh... Absolutely, I think I think the craze of fantasy football and the in the money involved. I'm not going to endorse gambling, but you know these leagues, most of them are for get for money. Uh, you you have these leagues, and that's why people watch. They want to see how their quarterback does, their running back, how many points they're scoring in their fantasy league, and, and that spurs people to watch the league. It'd be nice to see the numbers uh, pre-fantasy football era uh, to to the fantasy football era. Now, obviously, we're we're in thick. Uh, Steve, we know you're a hockey guy. Do you get in? Do you get into NFL or do you prefer college football? You know, I prefer college football. I mean, I like I like I don't know. I enjoy, especially. I can't be one of the bandwagon fans that's going to hop on with with the Lions. I'm encouraging it. I love to see their success, but I mean, I don't know. I think you form way more of a camaraderie with with supporting college football, especially if you've got your ties. Like I've got to Michigan State and everything like that. And I think that's the reason so many people feel like a connection with the with the college football because they can relate to it. They've been there, they've been to the games, and they've been to the school. Absolutely, and at times, like you, you have fellow student athletes out there playing guys that you may have been in the weight room with. So, so that you know that puts a personal connection. Just got confirmed word that Showroom Shine is listening. So big <laughs> big ups to Jeff Fien and the fellas. Ryan Carr's washing them up over there at Showroom Shine on Grand River. The Premier League, the Breadwinner League, I just don't get it. My, my distaste for the NFL. That's, that's what we're k- kicking off with tonight. I, I just don't get it. I'm in, Maybe it's just because I'm in love with college football. That I, I just don't get the, the Sundays are dedicated to, to number one, uh, post-church nap. <laughs> that, that Sunday afternoon nap is crucial in my, in my regimen. And, and then homework, you've got to knock out the homework. Do a little, maybe a little reading till you fall asleep for the for the second installment of the the Sunday afternoon nap. But I just don't get it. Brigitte, NFL or college football? College football, definitely. If I was going to take a professional sport, sometimes there's nothing like going down to Comerica Park and watching the Tigers play. That's even more exciting to me than watching professional football. So Brigitte comes out of left field with the t- <laughs> Ooh, <I like> that. <laughs> with the, with the Tigers pick. But but enough about the the, the bladder about the NFL. I, I'm just not a I'm. I'm content with the NFL, but I, I just don't get it. All these professional journalists are so enthralled with the NFL. We've got hours and hours of programming on ESPN and Fox uh, promoting the NFL. I, I just don't get it. I'm, I just, maybe it's just because I'm in the college environment. You know what I think is also a huge difference? I don't know. I just personally notice it. Is when you watch a football game, when you're used to watching college football and you watch pro football, and the music's not in the background. You don't hear the marching band in the background. You don't hear the drum line. I think that's one of the coolest things about watching college football is it's just the atmosphere. Even if you're not at the game, you feel it with that music and everything. I don't know. Yeah, with the I love it. And everything. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Hey, you want to get in touch with us. We do have ways of communication. First of all, a phone number, if you'd like to take it down, 517-432-3893. Fellas, my engineer, Lisa, is beautiful you might want to call just to talk to her alone the number 517-432-3893 also we have an email address i'll say it slowly wdbm sports at gmail.com wdbm sports at gmail.com we're going to get right into it pittsburgh michigan state 17-3 win for mark d'antonio and the spartans your initial thoughts dead silence <laughs> Not impressed. Impressed, Ray. What's the word? Well, I mean, it was a sloppy game, but it was definitely see see you know Michigan State to come out on top. You know, win a, win a sloppy game, persevere through like their penalties. They had eleven penalties for one hundred twenty five yards, but they also didn't have any turnovers defensively. They played pretty sound, but uh, it was definitely see them to get the to get the W. 
Brigitte, your thoughts on Michigan State Pitt? It was great to see them finish the game with the victory instead of a loss, which is what they probably would have done last year had John L. still been the coach. Uh, they ended up giving up some close plays at the end of the game, but they forced some costly turnovers on Pittsburgh's team, and I was just really impressed how they stepped up towards the end of the game. Like Ray said, it was really sloppy, but at the end, when they needed the victory, they got it. Steve Bench, the Hockey National Championship perspective. <laughs> your thoughts on Michigan State Pitt? Did you watch it? I watched it, yeah. I mean, uh... Mixed in with little food and tailgating and whatnot, but I definitely watched it. And you know what I like to see? Though I like to see the consistency in some aspects. As far as Pittsburgh did not have one third down conversion, zero and twelve on third down conversions. I like that. I think that's the kind of consistency they're looking for. And then also you got guys like Eric Gordon uh, sending you know career highs of eight tackles and whatnot. And I think those are the little things, the the career highs and those those type of statistics that are going to really be the difference maker in making a good team. Your thoughts on the MSU victory over Pitt 17-13, uh, 517 is the number of the email address if you'd like to chime in, wdbmsports at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to play a quick clip from head coach Mark D'Antonio. We've got our thoughts on the Spartans' victory over Pitt, uh, but, but more importantly, the man who orchestrates the first three victories of his regime here at Michigan State, uh, none better to speak on it than the head coach himself. Here's what Mark D'Antonio had to say after Michigan State top Pitt 17-13. First of all, um, I thought it was a great win for our football team. I think when you win games like this, we won so many games like this uh, when I was down in Columbus, you start to build a a sense of confidence that you can do it in, in close games. And that was the one thing that, um, you know, when we come out of a game like this, it's a game where we made pen- we had some penalties. Some were, you know, penalties that we had, you know, some were unforced penalties, others were penalties maybe in the during the game that uh, we'll have to look at. But um, I thought our guys played came to play defensively. Uh, you know, they're 0 for 12 on third down. We had five sacks, <coughs> excuse me, five sacks. Three turnovers, tough to win the game if you go 3-0 in turnovers. So we won the turnover battle 3-0. Uh, just every time if we seemed like we could put it away offensively, something would happen and take us back, penalty-wise, or something would happen. Um, but, uh, you know, we got through it. Um, you know, we had three secondary players, three number one players in the secondary not playing today. When, after Kendall went down, Nostimeye Warwick was out this week, and, and Ross Weaver as well. So Chris Rucker came in, Ashton Henderson. And then Travis Key filled in, and Travis had a huge play of the game, probably the play of the game with the pick for the touchdown. Um, but uh, we persevered through it, persevered through it, and that's what we have to do. And there was no letdown in the locker room at halftime. We were actually up, but uh, the sense of, of, uh, of that we had a dogfight on our hand was, was there. And in the fourth quarter, I thought we played pretty well, especially defensively, and uh, kept them out of the end zone. So um, that's where we're at, but any questions? You know, that stuff was happening so fast out there, I didn't know who was in, who was out half the time. So uh, Greg came in there, made a big stop, though, on third down and short, I believe, and they had to kick the field goal. But Greg's a, Greg's a football player. You know, he's a true freshman, so he may make some mistakes in alignment or something. But, uh, you know, he's going to come to play. He's got great power and explosiveness, and he'll run to the football and make plays. Um, and, uh, you know, aside from that, I thought St. Deke had a nice game again. They got in some unbalanced. McCoy's a very good running back, uh, 25 for Pitt. They got in some unbalanced and direct snapped um, the ball to us, something that we had not seen. So, uh, you know, they, they, they hurt us with that, and we needed to continue to try and adjust to that. But it's difficult when you're trying to draw them up on the sideline a little bit too. But uh, we hung in. We, we slowed them down a little bit. Give them credit. They kept playing. Uh, I think the key to the game, obviously, were the, was the turnovers, and our play on third down was pretty good. 
Actually, very good. But um, offensively, you know, up and down and around a little bit. But, uh, you know, we got the job done. We got a win with 3-0. and We go to North Notre Dame next week. And, uh, you know, that's the bottom line. It's the bottom line is that uh, uh, we won a game that uh, maybe could have, maybe, just maybe, um, it was right there for them as well. Coach Mark D'Antonio speaking on behalf of his team in the victory over Pitt on Saturday. 17-13 defensive battle, but boy, did our defense look stellar on Saturday. But first, we'll kick it off with the offense, because obviously I'm pleased with the defense. We we had many more clips coming uh, from the likes of Brian Hoyer, Travis Key, Jonal the Monster, St. Deke, who was all over the field in the fourth quarter making plays. Uh, we've got a clip coming up from Nardu- Narduzzi. Narduzzi coming up as well. I'm trying my best to get the content from the, from the horse's mouth. There's by by no means are, are we pr- professionals at, at breaking down games, at, at giving analysis. You know, we do our best job from what we see and what we can say. But you know, to get it from the coach's mouth, they're the guys who put in the endless hours during the week and the game plan. I'm not trying to be a slappy or ride the coaches, uh, but. Getting it from the coach's mouth, I think, is, is crucial in this point. But first of all, offensively, we'll get to offensive coordinator Don Treadwell in a minute. But, Ray, your thoughts on the Michigan State offense Saturday? I mean, offensively, we were up and down. Hoyer, Hoyer didn't have that great of a day. He was inconsistent, pretty inaccurate. He was 14 or fourteen or 28, only completed 50% of his passes for 183 yards. He didn't throw any picks. He didn't throw any TDs. So, I mean, he was, def- he was decent. But uh, surprisingly, we did a pretty good job rushing. Uh, Ringer had... 92 yards on the ground. He also added 31 yards receiving, but and Colker also added 71 yards rushing to TD. So rushing, we did all right, but uh, you definitely want to see improvement in the passing game. Absolutely, but you could attribute five five of those incompletions to drop balls. Yeah, about be, about five. Cause yeah. it's, one stands out clearly. McPherson's drop in the end zone. Yeah, definitely. But you know, so Hoyer Hoyer uh, theoretically could have had a 20 for 28 game. So Hoyer, I like no picks. Could there was one pick that the DB dropped. Yeah. But but all in all, sack six I, I like yeah. I like Hoyer. He he's got a solid head on him. He's not going to try to do too much. You know, I'm pleased with Hoyer's play, and and Hoyer knows. I'm going to get to a Hoyer clip after a while. Uh, he knows what he has to do to get better, and and he watches game film. He sees it. No, we don't need to rag the guy, but I think Hoyer will be an outstanding quarterback. Uh, Steve, your thoughts on uh, the offense? Um, well, as far as offense goes, I mean, uh, who was it? Roland Martin. He went down and he went out, and then afterwards, uh, after the game, I actually talked to Kenny Shane. I think it was, I believe it was him that went in. And and again, like I was getting back to, is I like I like the opportunities that are coming up for these guys, the backup guys. Um, you know, I guess I guess I'm I'm one of the backup players on MSU's team, so I can relate firsthand. So um, I like how he came in, and you know, he he did what he had to do. He proved himself. So um, I guess as far as that goes, I like how even when adversity was around, MSU still persevered through that. Like D'Antonio was saying, their whole thing is the perseverance of this team that that he really likes. Joining us as a guest analyst tonight, if you're not aware, that was Steve Minch, Michigan State Hockey. Joining us, Brigitte, your thoughts on the offense? Uh, more than focusing on Hoyer, I'd like to see them do a lot of work on the offensive line, just because it seems like they're not holding enough pressure to give Hoyer enough time to make good passes. He seems a little bit rushed to make his plays right now, and of course with penalties that have cost them, I think they had a f- couple false starts, one on a field goal attempt that ended up, you know, going in and, going obviously in and then the next, one was the next one. So it seems like there's a little bit of lack of concentration on the offensive line that I'd like to see them work on it. Because if the offensive line improves, of course, Hoyer will have more time to make better decisions. And when we play against teams that are going to ultimately hurt us, 
you know, he'll be not as under pressure. And no better person to speak on the offense than offensive coordinator Don Shredwell got a chance to record Coach Shredwell's postgame thoughts. Here's what offensive coordinator Don Shredwell had to say after the game. All right, guys, I'm going to go quickly here. Uh, offensively, again, just recapping, looking at the big picture, certainly it was pretty noticeable, I think, to everyone. Uh, we would certainly have to play better in terms of the penalties that shot us ourselves in the foot. Every time, not every time, but quite often we had some drives established, doing some things we wanted to do, but then we would take a back step uh, with a penalty and those things. The good news is those things are correctable, and as always, it's much more of a focus to correct it after a win. Uh, my hat is certainly off to the defense. They certainly played an outstanding game, so certainly uh, the praise is directed in their angle. Uh, you know, we maybe weren't in sync a little bit. You know, again, it's hard for me to give an, a complete evaluation until I've watched the tape. But we had some things available at times. So maybe, you know, at times in the passing, maybe Brian might have been a little off this week, you know, et cetera. But, you know, those guys that run the football still come through to play. And uh, I think uh, we lost one of our guards early in the game, but the backups came in and, you know, tried to fill the void as we were in there. So I think as we watch the tape, I'm sure we'll find there's some things that we would certainly like to do better. And you could just sense the resolve in the, uh, you know, in the locker room with the offensive guys in particular. So uh, they certainly aren't satisfied with the performance, but we're very glad that we played as a team and came through it regardless. Any quick questions? Did you see any in the first two games that were allegedly was going to struggle here when the East on your offensive line? No, no. I just think, that, you know, they're a program that, uh, like us, you know, they've got a storied history of tradition. And they and uh, Coach Wanstead brought that to the table, and I think those kids came out ready to play. And it's like anything else, though. We we had some drives going offensively where the momentum had we cashed in on them. Rather be field goal or a touchdown, probably would have maybe changed the complexion of the game a little bit. Brian looks a little bit like a pitcher who's having control problems, like he's off a little bit. Do you see that a little well, you might see, well, again, it'll be easier to see when we go back and evaluate the tape. You know, we may have missed a couple that we should have. Then, of course, on the other end, we dropped a few that we should have. You know what I mean? So it was kind of across the board. We had a sack or two, obviously. So when you kind of go down the line like that, we all kind of say, okay, I need to improve upon that. We start like this as coaches. What do we got to improve upon? And then we'll we'll rectify it and come out ready to play next week, certainly. Fifth least penalized team in the country yeah, as we talked about that earlier, that was the first thing that's most noticeable and very disappointing because our kids really have paid great attention to detail that way. So the good thing is, as some of the penalties unfolded, we could at least you know bring them together on the sideline, say this is the direction we're moving in, and try to work through that. But uh, no question, penalties set you back. Doesn't matter what kind of penalty it is; those will always will set you back, and that'll be a focus, I can assure you, as we go through this week. Moving forward, what can T.J. Williams do for you offensively? Oh, T.J. got in the game, you know. Played quite a bit there the second half, so, you know, he's, he's back with us moving forward. And the one thing he provides is a lot of depth. So now you don't just have, you know, uh, teams can't just line up necessarily and say we're stopping number five, Devin Thomas, uh, you know, because now you have Mark Dell and him in there, and it just makes a little bit more of a depth standpoint. Terry Love filled in very nicely today and also did some punt returns, as you guys saw as well. So hopefully that depth will carry us through because we're going to need it, especially if we, uh, you know, are playing down to the wire as we've been here today. All right, I'm going to let the defense go. You bet. That was offensive coordinator Don Treadwell speaking on behalf of his offense and his team's performance against Pittsburgh 17-13 victors on Saturday at Spartan Stadium. Brian Hoyer, a sol- I'd say a solid, an average to solid day. Um, some receivers dropped some balls. T.J. Williams is back. I think that is outstanding because when you add T.J. Williams and he gets back in rhythm, you are going to have not only a th- a, an an all-Big Ten threat in Devin Thomas. 
you're going to have a threat in TJ Williams where you're not going to be able to pick and choose your, you, you know, let's double team Thomas and, sh- you know, let's shade our, our free safety over to, to Thomas's side. You're going to have to deal with TJ Williams as well. And once TJ Williams gets going and is, and gets on track, and I'm sure D'Antonio's taking care of that, that, that this offense receiver wise will be outstanding. Yeah, you definitely have two big, you know, big, do two big play threats, you know, with TJ Williams and Devin Thomas. They can take to the house anytime, you know. And uh, he, he's going to be able to stretch the field, open more opportunities for Kellen Davis and Devin, obviously Devin Thomas. And I think that's going to, you know, open up the run game ultimately as well. You know, you'll see more touches for Ringer and more, actually more, you know, longer oh, runs. Oh, absolutely, because yeah. what, what's it? Gonna, what it's going to essentially pull people out, out of the, the box. box. It's, it's exactly for the pass. L- elementary uh, stat of the night though: uh, Notre Dame's points per game equals T.J. Williams' forty-yard dash speed, four point three. Uh, just just a quick stat. TJ Williams, 4-3 four, four, in the 40. Notre Dame scores 4.3 points per game. We'll get to Notre Dame a little bit down the road. If you want to get in touch with us, the email address, uh, just got, I've got I've got an email already. got to say hello to my good, my friend Russ White uh, for emailing me tonight. WDBMSports at gmail.com. WDBMSports at gmail.com. Our phone number, 517-432-3893. Phones open all hour, but that's not to mean we don't have interviews. We have plenty of interviews coming. Uh, Travis Key had a, the game-changing play. I'd say Jonal St. Deek, he's the co-Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. He leads the Big Ten in sacks. He's second in the nation in sacking the quarterback. We'll get to him as well. Also, if time permits, we'll talk about Barry Bonds. Oh, boy, we'll talk about Barry. And, and we'll, we'll touch on a good friend of ours, Bob, as well. Just, <laughs> we'll, we'll foreshadow that. Uh, but Brian Hoyer, decent day. Uh, had a chance to sit down today, actually, with Brian Hoyer and see what the starting quarterback had to say about his performance and preview the game against Notre Dame coming up this weekend, 3.30, Saturday in South Bend. This edition of the Spartan Sports Podcast, I'm joined by starting quarterback Brian Hoyer. Brian, great defensive performance against Pitt on Saturday. Jonal St. Deke now named co-Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. You have to be proud that your defense is getting some conference recognition. Definitely real proud. Um, happy to see that for those guys because I know they've worked their uh, their butts off this offseason. And, um, you know, it's uh, you know coming in and people can see it now. So definitely proud of those guys. And, and also it, it helps us know as a whole team that they got our backs and vice versa. You know, when, when they need us, we're going to be there to uh, step up. And when we needed them, they stepped up this past week. Notre Dame this coming week at Notre Dame South Bend, a big game for you guys. Is there really any need for extracurricular motivation? No, I don't think so. I think uh, you know Notre Dame itself is the lone motivation. Um, this It's the kind of games that you come to Michigan State to play in. And, uh, you know, I'm just excited because I haven't had the opportunity to play against Notre Dame yet. So it's something that I'm looking forward to and, and you know, being able to play down in South Bend, that's a its a real uh, excitement. So as a quarterback probably growing up, you may have dreamed of days like this. National TV, you're the starting quarterback at Big Ten School going to Notre Dame where you've won in five straight tries. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, like I said, I'm just excited and, and uh, excited to have the opportunity to go in, like you said, to Notre Dame and, and play in South Bend. What do you guys want to work on in improving this week heading into a big showdown against Notre Dame in week four? I think just... Uh, eliminating the, the the penalties and and eliminating hurting ourselves because I felt like at points in this past game for the offense at least we were driving the ball and then we would hurt ourselves you know whether it was the penalty or missed assignment so um, I think that's going to be the emphasis this week in practice is is not hurting ourselves 
That was starting quarterback Brian Hoyer. His thoughts on Pitt and going down to Notre Dame. Hoyer will get his first start as starting quarterback here at Michigan State in South Bend. Touchdown, Jesus. Ray, Ray do you think that you think there's any pressure on Hoyer going down to Notre Dame? You know that the atmosphere, the environment, the his the history of Loops Holtz <laughs> at Notre Dame. You, or do you think Hoyer's an even-headed guy and he'll be fine? Uh, despite the fact that Notre Dame's zero three, it's still going to be crazy. And Hoyer's going to have to deal with the crowd and adversity. I think it's going it's still going to be tough either way. I'm but, make I'm making the trip to Notre Dame. I'm going with with my boss. I work for Sports Info, so I'm going down there. And, and it's my first trip to Notre Dame. Never been to the campus. I'm so amped. I just want this week of classes to be done. I've never been to Notre Dame. I hear great things about the stadium. I guess there's no at no corporate advertising at all in the stadium. It's just like, boom, Notre Dame Stadium. Bam, touchdown Jesus. Bam, <laughs> gold dome. And it's just a great environment for college football. But that'll be Saturday. I'll come back with a full report on next Monday. Don't don't forget Spartan Sports Rep on every Monday, 7 p.m. Because of our lack of frequency on the air, don't forget msuspartans.com. Post game about an hour and a half post game. Um, I have posted on that website post game interviews with uh, approximately uh, two offensive stars of the game, two defensive stars of the game, both coordinator press conferences and head coach Mark D'Antonio's press conference all posted online, available to you about an hour and a half after the game. So obviously, the inf- the lack of airtime for me here, you can make up for it elsewhere. So I'm just I'm, I'm I'm prostituting myself out there. It's, it's, essentially, that's what it is. But that is the school's official athletic website. So msuspartans.com. Hoyer, level-headed kid. I really, I really I personally really like Hoyer. I think he's an outstanding kid. He'll be a great quarterback here. He's you know just some growing pains. This is his first year starting. He still has, yeah, he has all off season or all next season to improve. I mean, he's he's still doing an admirable job. You know, this year. Offensively, sticking with the offense, we'll keep it rolling. Devin Thomas, I believe Devin Thomas needs to be involved more. You know, I'm not a head coach. I don't, I don't draw up the plays, but Devin Thomas, I think, is just one of the best all around. He's probably the best all around football player on this team. Do you agree? Yeah, definitely. I mean, he, he again, he has the chance. To, you know, take the house every play. He's he's awesome on kick returns. I think we had a, we started off, you know, on the forty yard line at least like twice. You know, he's averaging almost thirty yards of kick return, and you know. As a receiver, he's you know, shot to take the house every time again. Absolutely. You, if you're Notre Dame, do, do you kick to Devin Thomas, seeing, seeing what he's done in the field position he provides this offense? I don't I don't think you kick to him at all. If anything, try and do a touchback. Because he just, the past couple games, he's just been giving us amazing field position. We haven't had people do that since, like... Uh, I mean, uh, DeAndre Cobb. Charlie Rogers, and, and, he, and, uh, and he's in the NFL. I mean, DeAndre Cobb is an amazing kick returner. Uh, but De- Devin Thomas, definitely a threat deep. And, and so, it, you know, you might see an, a little eye formation back there with Sir Darren Adams, you know, so they don't give away which side D- mm-hmm. DT is going to be on. And then, you know, who knows, they break on the ball when it's kicked. Uh, but if I'm Notre Dame, I'm not kicking to, to Devin Thomas. But in the same breath, if I'm Notre Dame, I've got a lot more problems to deal with than kicking to Devin <laughs> Thomas yeah. right now. Yeah. Maybe the, the, the negative one-tenth of a yard per rush that you're averaging <laughs> this season. We'll get to Notre Dame later this hour. Don't you worry. You want to get in touch with us. 517-432-3893 is the number. The email address, shoot them at me, wdbmsports at gmail.com, wdbmsports at gmail.com. You're listening to Spartan Sports Rep. We're on every Monday, 7 to 8. Devin Thomas, 118 all-purpose yards. Like I said, he's just an, a great all-around football player. 
his average of 194 all-purpose yards a game ranks him second in the Big Ten and ninth in the nation. So if I have a fantasy college football team, sign me up for Devin Thomas for my first pick. <laughs> Unfortunately, but, they don't include kick return yardage and fantasy points. Well, you're just the fantasy gu- the fantasy guru over here. I don't mean to shoot down your bubble, but I'm sorry. About hey, that, well, just wait for my thunder and lightning analogy of the night. I, I, you just had to, to shoot my dreams down last week. You know my my th- what was my thunder and lightning? Uh, it was Col- a Col- 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 Ringer. and Ringer is like a, a fastball pitcher in a, <laughs> in a, in a break. That, that was my thunder and lightning. Boy, boy, was that! I think, I think you were trying to make reference to Ron Dane and Tiki Barber Beckett when they used to play for <laughs> the Giants. Oh man, what a the thunder and lightning! Oh boy. Well, here we go. Devin Thomas, second in the Big Ten, ninth in the nation, all-purpose yards. A very valuable piece of Michigan State's football team this year. Also, Javon Ringer quietly racked up 92 yards. I'm still looking for – I don't think he's broke, broken the 100-yard threshold this year. But he's right up there every game about 90 yards. Uh, but the thing I like so much about Javon Ringer is most of the time he takes a 2- or 3-yard gain and he turns it into 6 or 7. So I, I, I really enjoy watching him run. He's, a, he's great at cutting back and creating yardage for himself. And just as much of a, of a power runner that J.U. Conkrick is – in the same breath, Javon Ringer is, is a strong runner as well. But moving forward, we will miss Roland Martin on that offensive line. Status uncertain for Saturday. We saw it when he went out. Like you talked about earlier, Steve, when, when Kenny Shane, I believe, that, that came in in his place, we missed big role on that right side. And obviously Hoyer was sacked five times. Right. And, we know, and with that, too, is... You know, we were talking about how Hoyer's, you know, he's a first year guy and naturally there's gonna be some growing pains. Can't expect to put, you know, someone someone new off, you know, someone new on the line should say put Kenny Shane in. Not saying anything bad about him at all, but still he's, he's gonna have to take reps in order to, to find his niche in that position and everything like that. So granted, even if Roland Martin's not coming back in the lineup, you know, I mean sure thing Kenny Shane's gonna fill that role or whoever whoever's gonna be is gonna fill that role and be fine with it. But to wrap up the discussion on the offense, uh, just some key points. I did see similar, some balance to the past games we've seen. Uh, Buck 44 rushing, uh, 183 passing, so we're seeing a nice balance. We're not a, an offensively predictable team. You know, we're not BG. We're not going to come in and throw 50 times and rush five times. So we've got a nice balance offensively. And obviously, uh, Devin Thomas, I'd like to see him involved more, but, but like I said before, when you, when TJ Williams gets back in sync, I think it'll be this game. He, he's a big player. Yeah, he, he talks a lot. Yeah, he's had his off the field issues. Whatever. That's behind him. That's internally. That's, Coach D's handling that. But when you get TJ Williams on the opposite side of Devin Thomas, this is as le- I believe as lethal as they get in the Big Ten. TJ Williams had a stellar year last year. He's cleaned up his issues. He gets back on the field opposite of Devin Thomas. It's going to be problems for, for most secondaries in the Big Ten. But moving to the defensive side of the ball, boy, was I impressed, and I hope you were as well. Your initial thoughts on the defense, obviously holding Pittsburgh to 13 points and having three of their five sacks in that last drive of the game. Ray, your thoughts on Michigan State's D? The defense played pretty well. They, you know, they forced with three turnovers, they had a fumble recovery. They obviously had a, you know, you know, uh, interception return for a touchdown. They set up the offense nicely. I think Otis Wiley had a great interception, and he set up a touchdown. Um, uh, the rush defense didn't do too well. They, I think, they let up over 150 yards rushing, and uh, at 207 net yards for Pitt. Yeah, they had 83 yards. They had 83 yards passing, but they still let up you know 64 yard TD run, which that uh, I mean you got to lit you got to limit those explosive plays. Yeah, you don't want you don't want those explosive plays, obviously. And uh, I don't know. You just got to I don't know. You you want to see you want to see obviously a better run defense. Obviously, 200 yards is unacceptable, but. 
I'm, I'm sure they know that. Brigitte, your thoughts on Michigan State's defense? I really liked what I saw on Saturday. It was nice to see that if the offense made a bad decision went on a fourth down, that the defense was there to basically back them up and cause fumbles. Uh, Jonal St. Deke just so impressed with his play. He came up so huge in that game. Um, held them basically to, what was it, uh, 13 points, I think. Yeah, past 13, couple games, just been so impressed with them. They've been holding them, most teams, to... Not a lot of touchdowns, not a lot of field goals. So. Absolutely. I think we're holding teams uh, on the year. I think it's like 16, 16 points. Michigan State's averaging 33 a game, and opponents are scoring 16 points on us. So, um, you know, that's Notre Dame's uh, points per game squared. Um, Notre Dame's <laughs> scoring 4.3 points a game. TJ Williams' um, 40 yard dash speed. Um, and we'll get to the the fight the, the uh, I don't know if they're fighting Irish anymore more pathetic Irish. Uh, we'll get to Notre Dame in a little bit, uh, but defensively, uh, no one better to to speak on the defense than the defensive coordinator Pat uh, Narduzzi. <laughs> yeah, Ray is an is an Italian over here, so you know the doozies, the the eos, you know the Italians that you know you guys are thick yeah, as I, thieves. I get your Dago jokes, <laughs> <laughs> but but here is Pat Narduzzi, defensive coordinator, after the game. You know, wins a win. Kind of an ugly win, but uh, you know, defensively, um, we didn't stop the run like we'd like to, and we got to get it fixed. Um, you know, we gave up a big reverse early in the game for, I guess, 64 yards, and um, you know, we just didn't play it right. Uh, maybe it was a coaching error. We kind of said, watch the reverse, because number 84 came in the game, and he's a reverse guy. He hadn't been in all game, and they went fake reverse, and, and uh, I think one of our ends played the reverse, didn't come down and play the run like he should. Um, but uh, you know, overall, again, it's a win. You know, as I look at it on third down, you know, we made some plays today and um, and we got some turnovers. I think we got four turnovers. And, and we always talk defensively about creating. Okay, we want to create things happen uh, during the game and we want to create. And uh, our kids, you know, went to the challenge every every time we asked them to. We, uh, I think early, our first turnover, we got them huddled up on the sideline. I said, listen, tell them we're going to get an interception this period. And we got one. Um, but we, our kids con- constantly responded when we asked them to respond. We told them we had to win it on defense. If they don't score, we win. And uh, I think they came out and played a pretty darn good second half again. How about that grand theft by what's his name on the fumble? Um, you know what? You probably saw it better than I did. It's a grand theft, whatever it is. Again, we're trying to tell our kids to take the ball out, and uh, we got it out. Did they throw you for a loop in the second half of the direct snap stuff? They sure did. And I don't think that was anything that they just ran here and just put it in this week. I believe probably now that – that we see it, and they well ran it well enough, and had enough different things off it that they probably worked it all during camp and for two weeks. Didn't need to spring it on Grambling or anybody else. So we had not ever, ever, you know, we played it for two years in Cincinnati. Ever saw that? Uh, it's good stuff. It's stuff that Florida, you know, used against Ohio State in the uh, in the national championship game, and uh, you know, we had talked about it. Really didn't think we'd see it, and uh, we made some adjustments to it to stop it. And obviously, we got a little turnover at the end when they were in it. Um, and uh, just proud of the way our kids came out and fought and responded in the adversity because they could have gave up. And we, you know, we got stopped a couple of times, and their sidelines jumping, and they block a field goal, and they're feeling good. And I said, shit, we feel good too because we're going to put our defense back on the field. Let's go. Talk about the pass rush. Uh, you really uh, feel like it's really this uh, good pass today. Talk about the pass rush. Um, you know, pass rush, you know, I can't say enough about uh, St. Deke. The guy's, you know, he's the sack master, let me tell you right now. That guy's a sack master. They can't block him. You know, he gets two at the end, you know, knocking the crap out of the quarterback. And, you know, the guy's, the guy's unbelievable. He does a great job. He pays attention. And, and uh, Coach Gill's done a great job with him as well. 
That was defensive coordinator Pat Narduzzi speaking on his defense. What a stellar performance, in particular, Jonal St. Deek, co-Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. So props to the big fella, the Frenchman, I believe he is, St. Deek, with co-Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. He is tied for first in the Big Ten in sacks. He's got five. That's good for second in the nation. And through three games, here's, here's the stat of the night. Michigan State has 17 sacks. That is one more than all of last season. Aggressive defensive schemes. I love it. The amount of blitzing. We had three sacks in Pitt's last drive. Crucial. Who knows if this team could have done that last year. But we're not here to speak on the past. We're here to speak on the present. Travis Key. Let's throw out the corny line of the night. Travis Key had a key play. In the second quarter, woo! Look out, thunder and light. There it is, right? The thunder and lightning line of the night. Full of jokes. Travis Key had a key interception for a touchdown with 11 minutes to go in the second quarter. I caught up with Travis Key post game. Here is what Mr. Key had to say after the game. This edition of the Spartan Sports Podcast brings us post game with Travis Key of the defense. First of all, Travis, a big interception for a touchdown in the first half. That just had to be the catalyst to get that team going and get some confidence back in your team. The defense came out and it was a third down situation and we just made a big play. You know, the uh, cornerback came in and, and, and broke up the ball and left it up there to hang for me. I grabbed it and ran it in for a touchdown. I really didn't have to do that much work. I give credit to you know the rest of my teammates for putting me in a position to make that play. Pitt for third downs, 0 for 12. You have to be proud that you shut them down when it was third down. We're definitely proud about that. That's something that we take pride in, something that we uh, concentrate on every day in practice. And uh, I feel like we came out and executed today. You're a leader on this team. You're a captain. Did you feel that your teammates were looking to you late in this game? Uh, I feel like I have to go out there every, every down that I'm out there and, and be a leader and try to get everybody into the game, you know, not just when the game is on the line. I feel that it's very important to, to just uh, you know, have everybody together and everybody on the same page throughout the entire game, and that's what I try to do. Your collective confidence on the defense has to be high after you guys were depended upon multiple times in that second half to shut Pitt down, and that's what you did. Yeah, you know, uh, when Coach D'Antonio uh, made the decision to run those fourth down plays with the offense, you know, he, he included us in the decision. You know, he asked us, Defense, you know, are you guys in? You are you all in? You know, are you guys ready for this? Because you know, we're every decision that we make as a team, offensively or defensively, we do it as a team. And uh, you know, we we always know that it's a possibility that we we won't convert on the fourth down and have to be ready to go out there and play. And you know, we had our mindset and we went out there and executed. That was Captain Travis Key post game. Travis Key, in my opinion, had the game changing performance. You know what is this? A pub for Pontiac? The game, the game changing <laughs> performance. Travis Key with 11 minutes to go in the second quarter. Uh, he takes a, a ball that went off the chest of a receiver. Uh, there's a, a great blessing. There it is. Boom! Pick six. Travis Key, big play for Michigan State, and obviously that defensive touchdown was the key in the, in the offensive scheme of things because we didn't put a lot of points on the board offensively. And when you add a defensive touchdown and when you win the turnover battle 3-0 to zero in Michigan State's favor, that is huge. So Travis Key, game-changing play in the second quarter, I'd say, because offense was kind of wheels spinning in the mud. Travis Key steps it up. Uh, big shout-out to Mike Batkins listening back at the crib. Uh, always good to, to, to know that people are listening. Shoot, shoot us little messages, emails. We, we love to know you're listening. Don't forget, Spartan Sports Rep every Monday night, 7 to 8 p.m. You want to chime in the number. We're wide open all hour. 517-432-3893 is the number. The email address, 
wdbmsports at gmail.com. Ray, like you said earlier, Otis Wiley with a tremendous interception uh, that just t- obviously another catalyst to, to some some offense. Um, Otis Wiley, I think, one of the best free safeties in the nation. Uh, your opinion, Otis Wiley is a free safety. I mean, he's definitely one of the you know best free safeties, at least in the Big Ten, but in the nation, I mean, there's so many players, you know, ACC, SEC that are, you know, just as good as athletes, if not better. I mean, they, they have much, you know, in SEC, ACC, much more speed and uh, size and quickness, and it's, it's I think it's too early, you know, to decide that right now. Yeah, I'd like to see Otis Otis Wilde and our secondary, our, our first string secondary, all healthy, uh, go go against a team like Indiana with James Hardy, a team with a with a premier wide receiver, and see, and see how we can handle that. But as I said earlier, boy, Michigan State's got a couple of premier ones. T.J. Williams is back, number 12 and number 5. I would like to see them in action on the field. I'm sure we'll see that uh, this Saturday. 3.30 is going to be kickoff, and obviously – uh, with their lucrative TV deal, this game will be on NBC, the Notre Dame Broadcasting Company. Uh, sa- sa- Saturday, three thirty. I will be down there and I will report back. It'll be my it's my virgin trip to Notre Dame. I'm looking forward to it. Touchdown, Jesus! I'll be there Saturday, three thirty. Thrilled, but more importantly, co Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week, Jonal Saint Deke. It seems that when the fourth quarter rolls around, all you see is Jonal Saint Deke around the quarterback. Jonal Saint Deke. Uh, pressuring the quarterback, hitting him after he releases the ball. Uh, the the obviously the the game ending play, I believe, uh, came with 4:04 to go in the fourth quarter. Michigan State had just turned the ball over. Uh, we come back on the very next play. Jonal Saint Deke forces a fumble. I believe he's got four forced fumbles on the year. He had two in the game on Saturday. Uh, Jonal Saint Deke forces the fumble. I believe OG Ojemi Nwabu picks it. You know, jumps on top of it. But with 4:04 to go in the game, Jonal St. Deke comes up big. Had a chance to sit down with Jonal. He made some great points. I want you to pay particular attention to the end of this interview when he talks about Michigan State getting out to the 3-0 start. I really respect what Jonal had to say. Here's Jonal St. Deke when I got the chance to talk with him this afternoon. In this edition of the Spartan Sports Podcast, I'm joined by senior defensive end Jonal St. Deke. Jonal, first of all, congratulations. Co-Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. It has to be rewarding to you to know that you're getting some recognition for your hard work and obviously your sacks and tackles. Uh, you know, I'm just I just did my job, and um, everybody did their job. Uh, the DBs, we did great blitzing. We had a great scheme all week. Uh, the defensive line coach, the defensive coordinator, Coach D. You know, he just put everybody out there and put myself to be in a good situation to make plays. Your teammate Ojemi Nawabo said. Your goal is to be the best front four in the Big Ten. Is, is that what you think as well? You know, of course. You know, um, last year they bad, bad mouth us. You know, as a team, not only as a defensive scheme wise, but as a, as a team. So um, I don't really, you know, matter what other people think. You know, uh, right now I just care about my teammates. We all went through camp together. You know, that's my family right there. So uh, definitely me, OG, Kershaw, uh, Ball. We we, we we all try to be you know, one of the top, you know, defensive line or one of the top uh, pressuring group in the country and also the Big Ten. So that's a, a great goal of ours. And, uh, you know, we just try to work hard. You know, if everybody work hard and do what we have to do, we'll accomplish that. Notre Dame coming up on Saturday. We know the history. Is there any need for Coach to motivate you guys? No, not at all. 
you know, uh, Coach D and the uh, other coaching staff, you know, we didn't accomplish nothing yet. You know, uh, that one is, you know, we, we got a W. We, we enjoyed it yesterday. We enjoyed it on uh, on Saturday, and we buried it on Sunday. So uh, that's a little quick victory, but we didn't accomplish nothing yet. You know, the last two years, two years since I've been here, we, we started out 3-0. You know, that don't mean nothing. You know, so uh, pretty much, you know, 3-0 and is don't mean nothing right now. We're just trying to take it one game at a time and hopefully, you know, continue what, we, what we're doing. That senior defensive end, Jonal St. Deke, had a great game. Co-Big Ten Defensive Player of the Week. Boy, you got to love what he just said. We haven't done nothing yet. 3-0, we haven't done nothing yet. We got a win Saturday. We buried it on Sunday. I like that mindset, and I believe that would be the collective mindset of this team right now. We're so mentally tough. And, and, and there's some key points uh, that this defense, I, lo- I love their toughness. You know, it's been preached, foreshadowed in the preseason. Oh, Coach D'Antonio, bring this toughness back. It, it, it's been evident. Um you look at the fourth quarter alone. MSU did not choke defensively in the fourth quarter. Michigan State had five sacks on Saturday. Three coming in Pitt's final drive of the game. That's a statement. Pitt 0 for 12 on third down. Yeah, that's great. That, that has been said over and over on the show tonight and, and written throughout the papers. But six of those third downs for Pitt that they needed to convert came in the fourth quarter, and they came up empty. Michigan State's defense showing up again. Also, and we look at MSU, the penalties, overcoming eight penalties. This is in the second half for 95 yards to come over, overcome those penalties and win. I think shows some mental toughness and some resiliency. Uh, of those three, Ray, uh, the, the three sacks in the final drive, uh, the 0 for 6 in the fourth quarter, overcoming the penalties, which which you see as most important? I think overcoming the penalties and uh you know, they had, obviously, again, they had 11 penalties for 125 yards. They were shooting themselves in the foot all day. Like, one of the penalties, you know, I think Brigitte mentioned this, took them on a field goal range, and they took, essentially took three points off the board, which could have been the difference maker. But, um, you know, they overcome, I mean, again, I think more importantly, they overcame the penalties. And absolutely, and no, no one better than the charismatic leader of this team, Caleb Thornhill. Comes up big, a second and ten, uh, Caleb Thornhill comes up with a sack, loss of nine yards. Kevin Smith sacked by by none other than Caleb Thornhill. And I think he's just the charismatic, emotional leader of this team. In, in no better way to, to see to see that game really uh, a statement made. And, you know, we know the, the Hail Mary fell incomplete, but to to consume or no to pro- provide that much pressure. Three sacks in the final drive. Caleb Thornhill capping it off. You know, it's it's somewhat of a storybook ending. You think with you know what Caleb's been through, he's he's sporting his dad's forty one after his dad passed away last season, and, and he's a captain, and, and he came up huge in that final drive, as did Jonal Saint Deke. So on that second and ten, really shut him down. I was a little scared though. I, I, I'll admit it. You know, being on the, I was on the sideline there for the for most of the fourth quarter, watching this unfold in the back of my mind. I'm thinking, please no. Please no, please no. But did you? Did you? You probably had the same feeling as well. Yeah, I was definitely holding my holding my breath and crossing my fingers along with every other person in the stands. And uh, you know, I was just fortunate that it, it was incomplete. Uh, Roderick Jean Red, I think he's. I think he played adequately in in the secondary in place of Nehemiah Work. We look at and that and that's another thing I'd like to make a point of three starters in that secondary uh, were not in for for the second half. Uh, two did not start. We look at Nehemiah Warwick. He's, he's, he's taking care of that ankle. He'll be back for Notre Dame. Uh, we look at Ross Weaver. Did not play this week. Starting boundary corner. He'll be back for Notre Dame. And Kendall Davis-Clark, uh, the other corner, uh, goes out in the, I believe, the second or third quarter. So we don't, he could have, uh, apparently he could have come back, uh, but the, they were precautious and kept Ashton Henderson in the game. But with those, you put those three starters back, 
I think the secondary is much stronger. They had some some lucky breaks. There were some deep balls that were dropped, not even broken up uh, by, by Michigan State defenders. Uh, but on a whole, I think the, the secondary is adequate. And when you put those four starters back in there together, um, I think I think we're in the middle to upper the Big Ten, and, and we're adequate, I believe, in the secondary. So so there's my thoughts on that game. Um, let's not forget the, the three key observations, three of the five sacks in the final drive. Pitt 0 for 12 on third downs, uh, six of those coming in the final quarter. Michigan State overcoming eight penalties for 95 yards uh, in the second half alone uh, to win and shut no, shut uh, Pitt down. Uh, does this happen with, with the team last year? I, I'm not sure. I'm not going to speculate. Uh, but but more importantly, we're, we're going to move forward to Notre Dame. And boy, are we ready for Notre Dame. T.J. Williams, speed in the 40, Ray? 4.3. 4.3. Notre Dame points per game this year? 4.3. That is right, my friend. There's your stat. There's another stat tonight. Notre Dame scoring a, a blockbuster 4.3 points per game on Wasn't the season. Was here 40 times? I, hey, I, hey, thanks, brother. You know, I was, you know, I was, you know, thunder and lightning analogies. I was lightning, baby. Yeah, right. Four point three in my dreams. T.J. Williams, four point three a Notre Dame, four point three points per game. Their rushing is is horrific. Uh, neg- they average negative one tenth yards rushing per per rush. It's but, ridiculous. I mean, that's that's kind of biased because I know uh, I don't know how many sacks U of M had, but those sacks count count against the rushing yards. So it's kind of like. It's a little biased against that, you know. Yeah, Clawson yeah, himself is averaging like negative thirty yards rushing per game. He's just getting eaten alive. Uh, y- your thoughts on Michigan State Notre Dame, right? I, well, personally, I mean, obviously, I think Michigan State is going to come out on top. Notre Dame struggles offensively. Their offense is just horrendous right now. I don't. Obviously, they haven't scored an offensive touchdown, and I think they've been outscored this year, a hundred and maybe eight to 100, 102 to thirteen. Hundred and two to thirteen. So they obviously can't put the points on the board. As long as Hoyer has a good game and doesn't throw, you know, interceptions for touchdowns and special teams plays well, I think X factors Hoyer. Yeah, as long as he, you know, as long as he manages the game, you know, and doesn't make any, you know, mental mistakes. And folks, it's it's the last ten minutes of the show. We need to hear your input. Who's going to win this Notre Dame game in between Michigan State and Notre Dame, and who is the X factor? Let me know. Five one seven four three two three eight nine three. Email address if you'd like to send it electronically. WDBM Sports at gmail.com. Brigitte, your thoughts? Michigan State, Notre Dame. I think Michigan State will win. I wrote them down. Five keys to victory. They have to be able to run the ball really well. If Javon and JU can get going, then it's going to take all the pressure off Hoyer. All he has to do is hand off the ball and just run it in the end zone. Second one, they have to put tons of pressure on Clawson because that's where he made all the mistakes against Michigan, giving up fumbles, um, other stuff like that. They have to force fumbles again. Field positions key and no penalties. So if they can do all that, I'd say we might be turning the game off at halftime because they're going to be up so much. And you might be turning me off in favor of Brigitte Shroyan. <laughs> and she she came strong last week with with the battle. She said the Michigan game's going to come down to the battle of the freshman quarterbacks. And she come and she comes strong with the five keys to victory. In my opinion, but. look at that, Steve Minch. <laughs> your thoughts, Michigan State, Notre Dame. Obviously, you remember last year. Well, that's tough to follow right there with, with Regis' lead. But uh, no, I'm just gonna throw out some you know some stats there. I mean, we're history wise, we're great at you know in, in South Bend. There, we're, we've won five in the last five games. There, you know, we're seven and seven out of seven out of our ten. 
we've won seven out of our ten. There we go. Um, last times we played Notre Dame. So I mean, we've got we've got the odds in our favor. I don't want to be that guy to ruin to, to jinx the team or anything like that. I don't think I will be. But you know, I think the team realizes that too because that's the kind of information that the new coaching staff, Antonio and them, they want to keep those records going. That's how they're going to build this team. That's how they're going to keep good things happening. And I think that's what they're going to keep reiterating at practice. And you know, I, I feel good about Michigan State's win. I, I don't know the score. I know what's going to be. I can't predict that, but Michigan State. Absolutely. I'll take Michigan State all day. Here's one for you. A little history bit. You know, we're not going to set our team up for jinxing. I, I don't know if I'm all for that jinxing, but we look at the last four head coaches at Michigan State University. George Perlis, his first game in Notre Dame, he won. Next in line, Nick Saban. First game against Notre Dame, he won. Who's in line next? Bobby Williams. His first meeting with Notre Dame, he won. And we know what happened with John L. Smith. His first meeting with Notre Dame, also a victory. Mark D'Antonio would be the fifth consecutive Michigan State coach to beat Notre Dame in his first try, and he will do that. I, I will. I'm not going to go out and guarantee. We, we know how guarantees, guarantees, work, the Michigan guarantees work in these parts. Uh, but I like, I like D'Antonio, and I like his demeanor. Obviously, the team. Like I asked the guys in those interviews. There are certain reasons I asked the, the same question. I want to see responses. There's no need for extra motivation. That this Notre Dame loss is fresh in their mind because they know their season went tumbling after that. You know, Brady Quinn going nuts in the second half is fresh in their minds. That's what they're going to thrive off too, hands down. You know, it's that kind of that kind of energy and those kind of those kind of you know games right there that that just get you going for the next game. Here we go. Email from Michael Backins. Guys, I think I read Charlie Weiss averages 4.3 burgers per day. While Gi- while Jimmy, here you go, while Jimmy Clausen averages 4.3 concussions per game. Spartans 30, Irish 3. Wow. That that's plausible. That. The, the spread the spread in this game, I'm not endorsing gambling. The spread in this game has Michigan State today by 13 and a half points. 13 and a half point favorites at Notre Dame. The mecca of college football. Don't forget Charlie Weiss invented the forward pass. <laughs> Maybe one of the most arrogant head coaches and all. I say that I say that hypothetically because Charlie Weiss, I don't know, thinks he's God's gift to football. Uh, but let's not forget the fiasco last year. Apparently he was slapped on the sidelines. We're, we don't phantom even, slap. The, <laughs> the phantom slap. We don't even need to get into that. This team has enough motivation. They, are, they will be ready to go at Notre Dame. Uh, I think Brian Hoyer will, will shine in his first start at South Bend. And I believe this uh, Coach Antonio will have this team ready. Uh, just, just a side note, practice is closed to the media this week. So the media will – there's no – you know, obviously they're not going to run trick plays or anything special while the media is watching. Uh, but but media are allowed a certain window to watch, and you know sometimes you may see some things. Obviously, you can't report on them. Uh, but practice closed this week. That tells me they are down to business over there at Duff Doherty Building. They're down to business. This team will be ready. I'm sure they're they're going to erase that that amount of penalties that they had against Pitt. Uh, keep the emails coming. We got about five more minutes of the show left. Uh, thanks for tuning in. The only commercial-free hour of sports talk in the greater Lansing area. This is the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact 89 FM. The email address is wdbmsports at gmail.com. The phone number, about five more minutes, folks, 517-432-3893. But uh, can, I get some, can I get a predicted? Let's predict. Oh, so many people predict in our business. Uh, final scores, who's the player of the game? I'm going to give it to... Uh... Uh, you know what? 
I'm going to give it to the defense. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a thunder and lightning pick. I think that's a, that's a win-win situation right there. So I'm going to go with the easy pick with the defense. Score, please. Come on, that's our, that's our, we're in the business. We got to. Every, every right, unqualified journalist provides <laughs> score predictions. 28-6. 28-6. Two field goals for, for, uh, for Notre Dame. Or a touchdown and a missed extra point. <laughs> yeah, I say a uh, special teams touchdown and a missed extra point. <laughs> so they still, they still do not score. Steve Minch, uh, final score player of the game. 24-13 MSU. So that would be for Notre Dame. I think they get one touchdown, two field goal. I think that would add oh, up yeah. to the calculation. There you so, go. So anyway, uh, no, I don't know. I, I, I might say I've got to give it to Hoyer. Yeah, I, I think, think Hoyer's going to rise to the occasion. And you know why, too? Because the defense have gotten so hyped up, which they rightfully should be. But I think the offense is going to want some recognition here. I think Hoyer is going to find his time to shine on NBC. Brigitte, final score, play of the game? I think 24-7. I think they'll get one defensive touchdown, maybe. But I think Javon is going to come up big. I think he's going to break his 100-yard rush in this game. Hey, I can't argue with that. I'm not into predicting. I'll let you guys do all that. But, hey, we appreciate your email. Michael Backin says Charlie Weiss averages 4.3 burgers per day, while Jimmy Clausen averages 4.3 concussions per game. All this stemming from Notre Dame's points per game. They average 4.3. Obviously, Michigan State averaging 33. I believe the the Spartans will put up plus plus or minus 25, but I do not do the predicting here on on this show. I'll leave it. That up to you guys. Uh, but just a tidbit of history, Michigan State's Mark D'Antonio would be the fifth consecutive head coach to beat Notre Dame in his first try. Uh, Perlis did it, Saban did it, Bobby did it, and John L. Smith did it as well. <laughs> so, so, so let's not. Uh, the Irish, uh, quick notes on the Irish, they're averaging negative 4.7 yards rushing per game. Obviously, the defense, they're, gonna, they're pretty one-dimensional. They're going to throw the ball. Yes. Obviously attributed to the sacks of the quarterback, uh, but they do not. Their running game is non-existent. So if our DBs can be come healthy this week, uh, that is Nehemiah Warwick, who was out last game, Ross Weaver, Kendall Davis, Clark, we will be fine. And uh, I believe this will be. And I'm hoping this will be a statement game for Michigan State. We received some votes in both the AP and the USA Today poll. We beat Notre Dame. We're between 18 and, and 24 in the poll. And boy, do these guys deserve it. They've been playing hard. Uh, some of the wins have not been pretty, uh, but they all count one. As as Coach D'Antonio reiterates, as Coach Perlis used to say, they all count one, and we happen to be 3-0. and um, Quickly wrap it up. Last item of the night, we're going we're gonna to get to it. It's Bash on Bob. Uh, we, know, <laughs> we know about the Lions game. John Kitna, he has a concussion in the second quarter, comes back, leads the Lions to victory. In overtime, the Lions 2-0. Uh, but we had a, a friend in high school, our quarterback, <laughs> he, he got a concussion in the second quarter. We're in the locker room at halftime. Could we say this because he's listening, Bob. Uh, he had a he had a concussion in the second quarter. Coach goes, boy, if you ain't right, don't go back in this game. He goes back in the game, first play of the second half. He th- it might have been a pass to you. He throws an interception. First, first play of the second half. He gets to the sideline. Coach said, boy, if you weren't right, I told you to tell me. So so there it is. We call it Bust on Bob, B-O-B. Bust on Bob, our, our hometown friend who, who listens, washed up. At the weight room. I was working out. We just lost but, another so, listener. Hey, so so we, hey, we thank you for listening. Don't forget uh, Spart- MSUSpartans.com postgame, an hour and a half postgame uh, interviews with a couple of the stars on each side of the ball. 
Offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator, head coach Mark D'Antonio, and hopefully we'll be discussing Michigan State's impressive victory over the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. And, and why is Charlie Weiss still there? I don't know. Uh, we can have this discussion next week after Michigan State wins. Hey, but we thank you for listening. This has been the Spartan Sports Wrap for Brigitte. Michigan State National Champion Steve Minch in the house, Michigan State Hockey. And for Ray Moore, I've been Dan Duggar. Thanks for your emails tonight. We appreciate it. And good luck to Michigan State this weekend as they travel down to Notre Dame. I'll be there, and I will be back with the first word Monday, 7 p.m. As always, thanks for listening, MSU Student Radio. You've been listening to the Spartan Sports Wrap on Impact Exposure. Tune in every week for more of the greatest sports information, news, and analysis. Here and only here on Impact 89FM.